Well, good morning and welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. We're a 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry here in Ash Fork, Arizona, as well as Fort Mojave at our studio, which is right now being remodeled. Um, we back up to a golf course and the golf course sprinklers went on. They went through the air conditioner vents and, and flooded out the, um, the studio and at a great loss, I might add. Uh, right now, we've, we're waiting for their insurance company to uh, settle with us. So I'm back in the office and I'm recording this uh, through through the office. So that's why I'm a little more quiet because the walls are thin and I've got people on each side of me. I want to talk to you today about this world that we live in. And I want to encourage you. You, you, you know, each, I've talked to so many who tell me, well, there's not much I can do as an individual. There's just not much I can do. You're wrong. There's a lot you can do. We are prayer partners. We're prayer warriors. And as a prayer ministry, we're obligated by the word of God to lift this nation up in prayer. And whether you like the leaders or you dislike the leaders, we're obligated to pray for the leaders of this country and around the world leaders of all countries. So today we start a new series. And I want to talk to you about the fact that Jesus is the better choice in these end times. We will be in Luke 7:20. Luke chapter 7 verse 20, Isaiah 9 and 6. Luke 7, 20, 21, Luke 7, 22, trying to give them to you up front. Uh, John 10 and 10, John chapter 10, verse 10, Hebrews 11, 25, Hebrews 11, 25. Uh, in 2 Peter 2.22 and then I think Psalms 145.16 would finish us up but before we begin I just kind of want to pray for renewed fellowship. Heavenly Father, you hasten your word and for each of us as prayer warriors and prayer partners that we might perform it. And I believe right now that the prayer partners, prayer warriors, prayer, you know, disciples of prayer, however you want to call it, around this world, are disciples of Christ, taught of you, Lord, and obedient to your will that it would be done. And I believe great are those whose peace and undisturbed composure has you in person for their teacher. Praise God. 
we have listened and we have learned from your word, Lord. And we have come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. I pray that, that all those who listen to spiritual awareness continues to hold to these things that they have learned and, and of which they are convinced from childhood maybe they have had knowledge of and been acquainted with your word as young children we learned in Sunday school many of us in nursery rhymes in the Bible the children's Bibles So we're acquainted with your word, which is able to instruct us and give us a, an understanding of the salvation that comes through the faith in Jesus Christ. Father, you will heal those that are listening to the sound of my voice in this world. You will lead those that are listening to the sound of my voice upon this podcast. And recompense and, and restore comfort to those that are listening around the world. I pray that this morning, Lord. Touch their heart. Jesus gives every listener who has come to know Jesus Christ eternal life, and they shall never lose it or, or, or perish throughout the ages to, to all eternity when they know Jesus Christ. And they shall never by any means be destroyed. You, Father, you, Father, have given this ministry and the listeners of this ministry that know Jesus. You've given them to Jesus Christ. You are greater and mightier than all else. No one is able to snatch you out of the hand of Christ. Are you listening to me? I pray and I believe that every single one of you that are listening today comes If you don't know Christ, that you come to your senses and escape out of the snare of the devil who has held you captive, and that one day you will be judged. And I pray, Lord God, that they would realize, those that are listening, who do not know Jesus Christ, that once they accept Christ, will become fellow heirs with Christ, the Messiah, and share in all he has for them and holds the first newborn confidence and original assurance, expectation firm, unshaken to the very end of time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Cast not away their confidence, for it has great recompense of reward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving forgiving all of us on this broadcast the wisdom and the revelation quickening us to your word and i want to thank you lord god that every listener out there who knows jesus christ enjoys that fellowship with you and jesus and with your fellow prayer partners and prayer warriors shepherds of prayer I pray for you today that the Lord would touch each and every heart. In Jesus' name, I pray this morning and everybody said, Amen and Amen. Welcome to Spiritual Awareness.
So the name of this series is Jesus is Better. Praise God. What a series. Uh, and I want to talk to you, I said, about the world that we live in. In Luke chapter 7, verse 20, when the, when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? Now we understand that John the Baptist was the forerunner of the Messiah. That was, that, that was he that was to come, the Christ who we know today to be Jesus Christ. Jesus was the one who Isaiah, Isaiah spoke in, in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, and to the Son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What does that tell you today? It tells you that this country needs that Prince of Peace, that Counselor. That in the mighty God, the everlasting Father, especially the Prince of Peace. Amen. You know, at our reading in Luke 7:20, we find John imprisoned and about to be beheaded. Multiple scriptures prophesied about John that he would be the one who would open the door to the world and introduce Jesus as the Messiah and Christ. However, in this place of imprisonment, and probably at the point of despair, he sends two of his followers out on a mission. And that mission is to find out if Jesus is the real deal or not. Now, John had been telling the world that Christ was coming. He had, he had broadcasted, if you will, <laughs> everywhere. John was a radical. Praise God. And he had spent his life and his ministry telling people who would repent of their sins that there was one coming after him who was greater than himself and would take away the sins of this world. But the, at the end of John's life, and behind the prison walls, there is a question arise. Was it all worth it? Was it all for naught? all for nothing, all the preaching, all the witnessing, the life he had spent in the service to God, was it for nothing? Now, the question John was wanting to know, the, the answer to is simple. Is Jesus better? Is he better than John the Baptist? Is he better than the prophets before him? Is he better than the others that God would send to change the world? Is he better than the angels above? Is he better than anything the world has ever seen before? God, go, go he said, go, he said, and, and find out if he is the one we have been looking for, or should we keep on looking for someone else? See, this is where so many in this world are at right now. When we did the lockdown and the churches locked their doors, and when pastors were being arrested for having services out of doors, out of doors, mind you, in a parking lot, with many people sitting in their own vehicles listening, they were arrested. And God was shut out 
of this pestilence. God was shut out of this plague. God was shut out of this country. Lives need to be changed. People need to be delivered. Relationship need to be mended. Families needed to be healed. Souls needed to be saved. And they're looking to find out if what we have is real or not. They want to know if this Jesus that we talk about so much here is the one that can put their families back together. If he is the one that can deliver them from their habits and their and their, that are destroying their lives. Drug addiction, alcoholism, pornography, all these things that is gnawing and destroying our lives that Satan has sent against us. They want to know if what we say we have is real or not. Are those Christians crazy? Or can we believe what they say? Can I just say here that that's why it's important that our witness is to the world. And it doesn't look like the world's witness. It must be God's witness, the church's witness. It cannot be the world's witness. They need to see something different. They need to see something unlike what they have already have. If our faith is as helpless and hopeless as the rest of the faith of the world, then what do we really have to offer? Someone who is in genuine need of God in their life? In Luke 7, 20 and 21, when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or look we another? In verse 21, he says, And in the same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and the evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. It's interesting to me here that, that when these men showed up wanting to know if he was the real deal or not, he was busy healing and delivering and setting people free from the, from the agony and the stuff that was destroying their lives. So I have to wonder here. I wonder sometimes what people who are looking for the real deal find when they come to, to our church or your church, or wherever you are. I wonder if they find people's lives being healed and people being set free, or do they see a bunch of carnality, the carnal-minded? Do they find people struggling to get along? Do they find people too concerned about their own lives to help the church or someone in need? This is important. It's a very important question. We, as a church, as a broadcast, need to answer to ourselves today. What do people see when they see you? When they look deep within your heart, and people can do that, what do they see? What are the imprisoned going to find when they come to us? More imprisonment? More of what they already have? Because if what we have is not better than what they already have, they're not going to stay too long, will they? They need Jesus. They need the love of God. 
They need something that can put their lives back together. They need something that can heal and deliver them. In Luke chapter 7, verse 22, then Jesus answered, answering said unto them, go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. How the blind now see, the lame now walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor, the gospel is preached. You see, Jesus' ministry was something that the world had never seen before. Of all the promised false Christ and Messiahs, of all the religions and the promise so much, nobody was doing what he was doing. He came doing the miraculous. He came doing something that nobody else could do. He came making a difference in the way that others only dreamed about. So my question is still, what are people going to find when they come to your church? What are people going to find when they come to you and they tell their story? Will you just sit there and nod your head in agreement? Or will you earnestly, fervently bring them to know the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? Will you bring them into deliverance to Jesus Christ? and bring them to salvation. So my question is still, what are people going to do when they come to your church? Are they gonna find a world changers? Are they going to find way makers? Are they going to find people living who, who what, what they actually say and what, what they do? Are they gonna find that in you? In Luke 7, 23, and the blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. You see, John the Baptist, his ministry was a ministry of repentance. Say it again. John the Baptist, his ministry was a ministry of repentance. But Jesus told them in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Glory to God. Hallelujah life more abundantly. If we're walking with Christ, Christ himself said in John 10, 10, I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I don't care what the world around us is doing. I don't care about politics. What I care about is what Jesus said to me in John 10, 10. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Praise Jesus. Jesus told them that he was there not only to fulfill the prophecies and the preaching of John the Baptist, but he, that he had also come to give more life more abundantly. You see, the world promises all kinds of pleasures. The world promises all kinds of things, lustful things. But Paul said in Hebrews 11:25, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, all of Paul's life, the ministry was not a time of suffering. But there were times when in order to be a witness and a preacher of the gospel, he had to go through some times of suffering rather than what he called pleasures of sin. See, all we all have choices to make 
in our life and in our walk with God. What choices have you made? Have you earnestly, earnestly chosen to follow God and Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, now's the time. Now's the time. We'll say that again. See, all of us have choices to make in our life and in our walk with God. We can either do everything the world tells us to do, or we can suffer once in a while so that our witness to others is not lost. See, Paul admitted there's pleasure in sin. No doubt there are some things that this flesh would rather do than follow after Jesus at times. I mean, Jesus said, if they persecuted me, how much more will they persecute you? And believe me, as pastor of Gospel of Faith Church, I understand that. But as Paul stated, these pleasures are only for a season. In other words, they don't last very long. They're brief. But your eternal life lasts forever. It feels good for a little while, but then the pain comes back. The hurt comes back. The, dis the destroyed relationships come. The destroyed family comes. The, with the, the withdrawals come. The destroyed witness comes. See, the problem isn't always the problem. The problem isn't always the problem. I'm going to say it again. It's very possible that what you are struggling with goes much deeper than what you are struggling with. The healing you need isn't the healing you think you need. I know you're saying, Pastor, you're, you're playing on words. No, I'm not. I'm going to say it again because I think you need to hear it again. The problem isn't always the problem. It's very possible that what you are struggling with goes much deeper than what you are struggling with. And the healing you need isn't the healing you think you need. Some people are struggling with addictions and anger issues and emotional and spiritual pain. But what they don't realize is that many times it's not the addiction that is the source of the problem. Many times there are something or a host of things that are causing the destructive addiction, childhood wounds that have not been healed, disappointments of life that have not been overcome, mistakes and sins that have not been forgiven yet. So we cover it all up with the stuff that we think will take care of the problem. In many ways, we create our own little religions, our own way of dealing with our problems. We create our own gods, money, drugs, alcohol, sex, food, success, popularity, worldliness. They become our gods. And many of these things are not the real problem. In fact, in the moderation, some of these are acceptable, even necessary, but not when they become our church or our crutch. Not when they become the thing that we use to cover our pain up rather than face it. Not when they become an obsession and a fixation because anything you are obsessed with and fixated on is generally the, the God that you are serving. And the question, the question that people are asking or trying to answer right now when they come here is to church is, is the Jesus that we worship and talk about better than what they already have? Is it better than drugs? Is Jesus better than alcoholism? Is Jesus better than sexual addiction? Is Jesus better or is their addiction better?
But Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. That's the addiction that, that the devil has given you. And then he says, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Are we living the abundant life or is our life what Peter described in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 22? But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. See, I choose abundant life. My friends, my prayer partners, my prayer warriors, I choose abundant life. And I prayed to God that you choose that same abundant life. Where I came from made me spiritually sick. Where I came from was destroying my soul. Where I came from made my life dirty. I'm not going back to that. I'll never go back to that. I'm looking for the Jesus that is better than all the stuff in my life. I choose the blessed life to walk with God to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I choose living by his commandments and depending on his grace. How about you? How about you? Will you choose Jesus Christ over the worldly things of this world? There's no in between. There's either darkness or there's light. There's either good or there's evil. It's either black or it's white. What will you choose? In John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In other words, Jesus promised us that what he had to offer was better because Jesus is better. The spirit that we would give someone would be better than any spirit they could find in the world. The promise of eternal life he would give them would be better than what the world could offer them today. And we're seeing it right now in this country. We're seeing this country falling apart at the hinges because we've forgotten about God. Say it again, the promise of eternal life that he would give them would be so much better than what the world could ever offer them. And as John sits in the prison cell, having spent his life preaching about the one who would come after him, he's waiting for an answer. Is Jesus Christ better? And when his disciples return, they re- they repeat what Jesus told them in Luke 7, 22, And Jesus answering said unto them, go your way. And tell John what things ye have seen and heard. How the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And to the poor, the gospel is preached. Hallelujah. Verse 23, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Wow. Wow. Ooh-wee, glory to God. And blessed is he or she whosoever shall not be offended of me. They tell John, don't you worry about it, John. Don't be offended by Jesus. He is better. He is better. He is better. He is better than the lies the devil has been telling people. He's better than the sin that has been destroying people's souls. Don't you be ashamed of him, John. He's the real deal, they tell him. 
the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is preached. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven and shout amen today. Glory to God. What you've been preaching and prophesizing about has come. What the world has been needing is here now, right now. It is for all these reasons, John. It was all for a purpose. Your life, your ministry was not spent in vain because Jesus is better. Say that with me. Jesus is better. Hallelujah. Say it again. Jesus is better. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I am blessed this morning because of that. I am blessed because my Lord, my Savior, my Jesus is better than all the things that this world has to offer. Here's what we don't understand sometimes. Jesus is always better. The devil tells us all kinds of stuff that would satisfy us. Popularity, money, job, success. He tells us this stuff is going to make our lives much, much better. But what are we hearing right now? What are we hearing? You don't need to work. You can you can draw Social Security. You can draw unemployment. We'll take care of you. But that's not, that's the devil speaking. Do you understand? It's the devil speaking. But what we need to understand today is simply this. Only Jesus Christ satisfies. What the enemy of our souls pushes as satisfaction and gratification is short-lived and leaves us wounded and destroyed. Now, the psalmist said, Psalms 145, 16, Thou open thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Only God can do that. The devil can't do that. Only God can do that. And here's why we need to seek after God instead of the stuff of this world. The world will leave you hungry. The world will leave you wanting more. The world will leave you lost. And damnation for an eternity will be yours. But listen, Jesus, <laughs> glory to God. Jesus is better, my friend. Jesus satisfies. He doesn't leave your home destroyed. He doesn't leave your body scarred and bound to drugs and alcohol. He doesn't leave you full of sin and perversion. Jesus is better than all of that. Jesus gives us life and life more abundantly. How many of us know that Jesus is better? Is there someone out there listening whose life has been changed by him? Anyone who has been delivered by the power of his holy name, Jesus is better. So we know that Jesus Christ is better than the world around us. What you are looking for is here this morning. What your family needs is here this morning. What you need to be set free is here this morning. What you need to be saved and stayed saved is here this morning. And what you need to find real peace and genuine fulfillment is here this morning. Father, I pray this morning, you know, Lord God, it is written in your word. First of all, then I abolish, abolish and urge the petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving to be offered on behalf of all mankind. 
Therefore, Father, we bring the loss of the world to you this day. Every man, every woman, every child, from here to the farthest corner of the earth, we bring them before you. And as we intercede, we use our faith, believing that thousands this day have the opportunity to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. If you are listening to the sound of my voice today, anywhere around this world, and you just happen to tune in to our message, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and you realize after hearing this message that Jesus is better than your addiction, that Jesus Christ is better than what the devil has to offer you because it's so, so temporary what the devil offers. But what Jesus offers eternal life. I'm going to tell you, you're going to spend eternity eternity somewhere, heaven or in hell. The choice is yours today. And I'd like you to make that choice this morning by just simply saying this, what we call a sinner's prayer, this simple prayer. If you just bow your head and say this prayer with me. Lord, I confess. I confess all that I have heard that Jesus Christ died, was resurrected on the third day. And I confess and I believe in my heart that he was resurrected and that his blood has cleansed me whiter than snow. Now, God, I I pray that you would forgive my sin as I turn away from the old life and I journey towards my new life with Christ. I pray, Lord God, that you would cast out all the sin from my life. I know I am a sinner. But today I rejoice that Jesus Christ will be made my Lord and Savior. I will trust him. I will follow him. I will believe in him. Now, Lord God, as you have forgiven me, I will forgive all others who have trespassed against me. I ask for salvation. For eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to encourage you to seek out a Bible-believing church and ask them to baptize you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin. Very important to do that. And then I want you to find that Bible-believing church, and I want to encourage you to attend it and learn about Jesus Christ. I pray you do that for me, won't you? Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon each and every one of you till he brings us back again next Sunday. God bless you all. We love each and every one of you.